Welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast hosted by nutritional coach Jessica Tai, where we are dedicated to promoting health and overall well-being through nutrition, specifically the ketogenic diet. We will provide you with all the latest science in nutrition, interviews with experts in the health and wellness field, and answer all your burning questions so you can find optimal health. This podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice and is to be used for informational purposes only. Please contact your doctor with any and all medical questions. Now here's Jessica. We are here back at episode 18 with the Keto Lifestyle Podcast with your host, Jessica Tai. How's it going? Hello. <laughs> so uh, Jessie's voice is a little uh, less than normal, so I'm going to help her out a little bit more today and uh, happy to be back. Yeah, great. I'm glad to have you back. Yes, my voice is going to be a little off today. I'm going <clears> to <throat> probably cough a little bit and have to drink lots of water in between um, talking <clears throat> so I apologize up front for the volume of my voice and probably the way it's going to sound while I'm doing this podcast, but I am coming <clears throat> um, coming back from a pretty, uh, pretty nasty upper respiratory infection, I guess, and um, it uh, kind of wiped me out a little bit for the last few days and lost my voice for a couple of days, which the, the boys were laughing and they said, that's great because mom can't tell us what to do. <laughs> you were a little quieter this week. Yes, I was. So Well, anyway. I guess, uh, so I mean, it was actually a pretty crazy week if you think about it. We had the big flood in Loveland, uh, Ohio this week. So in the last 10 years, I don't think they've seen that much water. Um, one of the neighbors said it may have gotten a foot or two higher 10 years ago, but it was a pretty significant amount of water, and you know we bought this riverfront uh, cottage that we are renting out now on Airbnb and some other places, which has been a lot of fun. And we had renters there at the time when the um, it was a pretty massive amount of water came through in about four hours. Yeah, we had big, big storms on. That was Sunday night, right? Yeah. yeah. So what happened was uh, the river level went from about six feet high down where they track it. It's only a couple feet deep about where our property is. It went up 12 feet in like four hours, yeah. which is crazy. It was pretty crazy. So that that just pretty much broke all the banks. You know, I mean, it, it was <clears throat> crazy to see the amount of water that was coming through on our property. Now our cottage is located in a flood plain. I mean, pretty much anything that you're anywhere near the river, if you want to be near the river, you take that chance. But um, but the house has not, the water has not reached the house in um, decades from what we understand. But um, this was one of the biggest amounts of water and one of the, the biggest floods, like Derek said, they've had down there <clears throat> in the last 10 years. But <clears throat> our house sits back from the river and like uh, about three and a half acres of, of our property is between the cottage and the river. And most of that three and a half acres was underwater. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, actually, uh, the road itself getting in and to the neighbor's house being underwater was kind of a crazy sight. I, mm -hmm. I, I had to drive down the bike trail with my, my truck just to get back to the property and check on the people that were there. And they were fine and they're adventurous. And then they came from another state out west where... They're, they're used to calamities of all sorts, yeah. they said. So they weren't too upset, and they loved being down at the bike trail and river. So it ended up working out fine, and there were some people that we knew that had uh, a building that water did get into, so we feel bad for those guys. And 
the the nice thing is is the town is very friendly and people help each other out mm-hmm. and they he even stopped <laughs> down and looked over our place because he knew we don't you know live there full time so I think it's yeah. pretty cool to have friends and family and neighbors that are looking out for you yeah it was good I'm real thankful that um, you know we didn't sustain any damage and even though both ends of our road um, were underwater the section directly in front of our house was not which oh, yeah. I which to me was it was really amazing to see the pictures of it because it it was almost like that there was like this protection around that property it was really crazy to see both ends of the road underwater but you know we're um we're very blessed and it, and we sit on like the high spot of the road which is just it was amazing so anyway it it was um a little bit scary but but great you know it ended up being great that so yeah our house was protected and normally this time of year we do a lot of outdoor activities in the fall around cincinnati ohio we have some pretty mild falls you get 60s and 70s temps Mm. crisp yeah kind of crisp air and and it's been the last two seasons uh last year and this year it's been really cold and wet and uh, not not real favorable for being outside so our lifestyle that we like to talk about here on the Keto Lifestyle Podcast is all about, you know, outdoors and, you know, eating right and, and, and doing things that are natural for your body and walking and biking and kayaking. Mm-hmm. And and uh, we do, uh, we actually spend a lot of time, you know, doing trails and stuff. And it's been hard to get out there and do that with I know, the weird weather. It's been really bummer. But I mean, like you said, the last couple of years, it's been like this. But then our our winters have been super mild. Like yeah, we'll see how this one goes. I was yeah. just reading an article saying it might be a cold one this year. So well, we'll see. Because if it's really mild, then I guess you know we'll still be out doing that stuff through the winter. It's interesting. The last because the last couple of years, our boys, um, you know, they're in ski club and they go to a local ski resort here and ski through the winter. And I know last year they they only got to go like you know, four or five times or something instead of going like they typically go at least 10, 12 times a year. So <clears throat> that's once a week. So it, it, was, it was just a very short ski season last year too. So anyway, yep. So we'll see how it goes. Weird weather around here lately. <laughs> it is. Well, uh, so uh, you have any reviews or anything you're going to go over today? I, I thought that um, maybe what we should do is read this um, submission that somebody sent in and they actually sent it in um, this morning I think so I, it was pretty much just sent in but I thought that um, it was a good question and I just thought one that I should go ahead and just answer on the air today and get that out of the way in case anybody else is thinking about it okay so this question was submitted today by Katie so thank you for submitting the question Katie and the subject is breakfast And she says, hi, Jessica, I've been listening to your podcast and I love them. I just finished episode three and I heard you talk about your Saturday morning breakfast with the kids. We love doing this, but my husband and I also recently started the keto diet. Wondering what kind of breakfast you do with them. Do you make keto pancakes, waffles, et cetera, to have a fun variety for the kids or just do eggs, bacon, et cetera, to keep it keto? We would love to hear what you do. Thanks. So thank you so much for that, Katie. I appreciate that you're listening to the podcast and I'm really glad that you like them. So um, we don't really have like a set formula for breakfast, but we do um, we do a bunch of different things. So um, just to, the right off the bat, the easiest thing to tell you is we always have eggs and we always have bacon. <laughs> yeah, scrambled eggs. So normally like uh, we'll kind of, we call it our family feast on Saturday mornings, but you know, we'll do the uh, tons of bacon, 
uh, tons of scrambled eggs. And then sometimes Jessie will make eggs for herself, like the over medium, or uh, sometimes she'll throw some cheddar cheese and, uh, you know, bacon or tomatoes, avocados on the side. So we do that. We also um, enjoy uh, like the slices of avocado on the side, uh, the tomatoes, and then sausage. Um, we have a farmer's market that we go to and we can get some sausage from mm -hmm. them. So we've done that before. And you've actually made, remember that sausage and uh, sausage biscuits that you did? Yeah, that so was I was really going to say that that's, so we, we change it up and do different things. But one of the things that I, that I have done since becoming keto is I made keto biscuits and sausage gravy. And that was really yummy. And I do not have a recipe for that because I just basically made it up <laughs> as I went. But um, in general, I can tell you what I did is I... In, in general, for pretty much any baked uh, like bread or anything like that, hamburger buns, I make all that stuff, I pretty much use the basic fathead pizza dough recipe, and then I'll just tweak it. So for those biscuits, I pretty much did the fathead pizza dough recipe, but I added um, baking powder to them so that they would and then I put them on a cookie sheet and I and I put them in more of like a I shaped them into like a biscuit shape. And then we, uh, then I, I, I baked them and got them out and we, and I made a, um, sausage gravy from the sausage from the, mm -hmm. uh, farmer's market. And I just kind of whipped that up as well. Um, salt, pepper, sausage, um, let's see what else I put in there. Heavy whipping cream. And, um, oh goodness, I can't remember what all I put in there. Um, so anyway, I, I whipped it up. You can, um, you can kind of look up some different recipes. I, I just figured something out and it, it, like you said, it really turned out super good. And then the kids took the biscuits and split them in half and put butter and jelly on them. Mm -hmm. So you could eat them however you wanted like that. Another thing that I've done that's keto with our breakfast is I've made the keto cinnamon rolls and you can find recipes for those all over. Um, the internet, Pinterest, all that stuff. I, I don't remember which recipe I made specifically. Um, and then I did a keto, uh, a, like a made up again. I, I make up a lot of recipes because I like to cook and I just like to kind of experiment and play around. And I did, before we went keto, I used to make this Bisquick cinnamon biscuit and my family loves that recipe and I got that recipe from my grandma so basically it's just bisquick biscuits and then you put cinnamon and sugar into the mix and then you sprinkle the top of them with a cinnamon sugar mixture so what I did was a keto version of those so again I used the basically the fathead pizza dough recipe um, made my biscuits the same way I'd made them for biscuits and gravy. I did put cinnamon in the mixture and some of the swerve granulated sugar, um, which is an erythritol blend. Um, then I did the tops. I sprinkled with the cinnamon sugar, just like I did when we used to make the traditional ones and then made a, um, keto, uh, frosting. So that's basically, you know, again, you can find recipes like that online. I don't know if you'll find one for the, for those biscuits, but they're pretty easy to make up, but you can definitely find frosting recipes. So, uh, those things are pretty easy to do. Um, another one that we do is my kids love, um, so they call my husband the waffle king. <laughs> 
And don't they, Derek? <laughs> yeah, so let me let me tell you how I make my waffles. Okay. So well, so basically, I kind of look at portion control as well on on carb items. So instead of everything, in my opinion, you know, and I'm not the keto expert, but I look at, I used to, I when I, you know, let's say a year or two ago, I used to have a stack of pancakes. I'm talking right. like five. Or a stack of or, waffles. Or I could have two Belgian waffles easily, no mm-hmm. big deal. Tons of syrup powdered sugar, fruit, whatever. So part of my keto transformation is is I still like to have a couple of those things that I used to enjoy. Now that I eat more of the higher fat things, like the, you know, getting the bacon and getting the sausage and getting the avocado, I don't have such an appetite anymore where I have to pound like 10 pancakes down. So what I do is I I use that, um, there's a couple of pancake and waffle mixes that are gluten-free. And what I do is to convert them to waffles, I usually add an extra egg per serving in there. Uh, So if it calls for two uh, eggs, I'll put in three. And then when it calls for uh, butter or vegetable oil, I never use vegetable oil. I always double the butter or put in ghee, and I melt that in the microwave, and I mix all that in. So you're getting a really high-fat version of Mm -hmm. the same thing. And then what I've noticed is, is they're so satiating, and I only eat maybe a quarter or a half of one of those, if that's like a special treat for me. So, you know, and and you've talked about this on other shows before, everyone has a different carb tolerance. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I'm eating that and maybe having a quarter or a half of one of those waffles, a little bit, you know, lots of butter, maybe just a little syrup for a little flavor, Mm -hmm. I don't have to go totally sugar-free, quote unquote, to still keep low carbs. And I can still keep that ketogenic lifestyle that, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying. Right. And here's the, here's the way I look at it, guys. And I've, you know, I've kind of said this before, and this is really how, when I'm working with clients, this is how I'm doing it. You know, I tell them, I want you to go hard at this for two to three months, like it, at least two to three months. Um, some people may need a little bit longer, but it's very individual. So I feel like if you really attack this and you and you really you really want to be keto, you really want to break the old habits, you really want to break the addiction to sugar and carbs and all of that, just go at it hard for two to three months. And when I say hard, I mean doing it by the book. So if you've heard 20 to 30 grams of carbs maximum, then yes, you know, that's what I'm that's what I'm pushing you to do. Stay 20 to 30 grams of carbs. You know, no sugar. Absolutely. Do not hit any sugar. You know, no, no uh, breads, no grains, none of that stuff. Like you take all of that stuff out. You are pounding the fat. I mean, you are just as much fat. I mean, I tell people in the beginning, you just more, you eat more fat than you think you need to be eating because most people have to break out of that, uh, that mindset of eating, you know, less calories and less fat and you know you need to be, everything needs to be low calorie low carb like people have that so ingrained in them that I'm really trying to break those those holds on people so you get through the first let's say 3 months which I think is a, a good way to way to do it you get through the first 3 months you're going to be fat adapted by then you're going to be fully ketogenic and I promise you that if you stick to that for 3 months you will get on the other side of that three months and you're just going to be like, eh, you don't really have that much of a drive or a desire for those sweet things anyway. Now for myself, when I first started the ketogenic diet, I went probably a good six months where I didn't touch anything like that. I mean, I just completely 
you know, I was into fasting um, often. I was doing a lot of fasting, a lot of longer fasts. Like I was just really determined to get myself fully ketogenic and just fully out of my bad eating habits, my, you know, my, my sugar addiction, all of that. So once you've gotten through all of that, I then I feel like you can lessen, you can loosen up a little bit. You can be like, okay, now we do a family breakfast that is this special time for us. Then, you know, I don't want to miss out on enjoying some waffles with my kids or a cinnamon roll or whatever. So, you know, like Derek was saying, like we make one of the, one of the brands that we use is the Simple Mills brand. Um, they have a pancake and waffle mix and it's made with almond flour and their serving size is that two pancakes or two waffles is approximately 18 carbohydrates and that is four grams of sugar in that so if you if you're eating one of those you're at nine grams of carbs okay so i don't think it's to me that's definitely worth it to me to have nine grams of, you know, if I'm trying, I don't count my carbs anymore. And I, I mean, I just know basically, you know, you, if you do this long enough and you, and I do suggest that people track in the beginning because you need to learn, um, what carbs are in foods. A lot of times you just don't know. You just think, oh my gosh, I had no idea that I've had that much protein or that much carbs with just those couple of meals I ate or whatever. But um, I feel like once you've kind of figured that out, I don't want people tracking because you stay so focused on, you know, this, like, like just get obsessed about it and you're tracking everything and you're worried about everything. And I, to me, part of the appeal of the ketogenic diet is just getting away from that, like not worrying about all those things. And you just eat, you know, you just, you just eat to live like you, and, and, and I, you're just becomes so easy and it becomes so effortless and it becomes so intuitive. Like I think ketogenic eating and the ketogenic lifestyle is such an intuitive lifestyle because you're so in tune with your body. When you become fat adapted, when you're ketogenic, you realize when you eat something that was maybe too carb heavy, man, you're going to feel it right away. You're gonna be like, Oh, whoa, that was not good. Like I do not feel good after that. And so it's good because you, you learn that, but I want people to become intuitive and know those things. I don't want them to be tracking and become so food obsessed. Like I think the ketogenic lifestyle moves you away from that, like away from being food obsessed. It's food freedom really because you are just so free to eat all these different foods and these foods that have been so taboo and you've been like butter and bacon and steak and, you know, and yeah, I mean, we eat a couple of veggies here and there. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. We, we eat a lot of vegetables, but you know, all these foods that people think, oh my gosh, you know, you can't eat that much fat. Well, you can, and it's actually very good for you. And our bodies are made to run on ketones. So, um, so anyway, I think that it's good to, I think it's, it's good to be able to get, you know, to get to the place in this way of eating and this lifestyle where you can have a Saturday morning breakfast with your family and you can say, you know what, I'm going to indulge in a waffle or two or a half of a waffle or whatever. And like Derek said, you know, he'll eat like a half a waffle. Honestly, if I have a waffle with Saturday morning breakfast, if I feel like eating one, I do. And I would suspect that maybe in the last six months, I have had um, at the most a half of a waffle because that's all you feel like eating. I always eat the bacon, sausage, and eggs first. And then if I still feel like having a little bite of a, of a waffle, I will. But I never put syrup or anything like that on it anymore. You just, 
you I can't stress to you enough how much you really do lose the desire to have things that sweet. You just don't need it. So I think that's a, a beautiful thing about it. But like I said, the Simple Mills pancake and waffle mix, that's a good place to start. And you know, hey, our kids still love eating that stuff. They're still kids. So it's not something that they get every day. But on Saturday morning, you know, I'm I'm not, I don't want to create like these um, food issues with my kids or have them like, oh, my mom would never let us have a waffle or anything crazy like that. So I just try to find good substitutes for them. And so these simple Mills ones I think are good. They're very low in sugar. Kids can handle carbohydrates so much better than we can anyway, and especially when they're only getting them every now and then. So, you know, I don't make a big deal about them eating them. You can also get, I have this for our family, but we don't use it very often, but this, like uh, the Lacanto, Lacanto, not sure how you pronounce it, maple syrup. Um, it's sweetened with monk, monk fruit. So, and that's L-A-K-A-N-T-O. So I'll put that in the show notes. But this is for two tablespoons serving, it's about one gram of carbohydrates. So it's um, so it's a good substitute. There's no aftertaste. It doesn't taste fake or, or funny. So it's a good, a good alternative for that if you have kids that want that. And so anyway, I hope that answered your question on the breakfast. And I would say just, you know, come up with your family's favorites, you know, start experimenting. I think that's half the fun is my kids never know what we're going to have. They're like, are we having waffles? Are we having pancakes? Mom, are you making cinnamon biscuits? Yeah, that's true. And I think too, like, I think there is kind of that fun of having the sweets and the salties and sometimes, but you know, I think it's changed to me on how much sweet I need. Mm -hmm, Like the salt, I'm 90% the salts and this, that little bit of sweet just to kind of put it in context. Yeah. And we typically will have on the side, I'll have um, avocados, sliced tomatoes that's like my some of my favorite stuff to have with breakfast lots of butter butter, yes for sure lots of butter and then we also have um you know if i have sauerkraut i'll throw some sauerkraut on my plate you know my my um i have one daughter that really likes to have the sauerkraut too so i think those are all good things to add into your saturday morning breakfast so experiment have some fun and i think the best part about it is if you're all you know if you're concentrating on the restrictiveness of it then nobody's having fun so we just you know, try not to make it feel like, uh, hey, we took all this fun Saturday morning stuff away from our kids. I mean, this is something we've been doing for years with them is our Saturday morning breakfast. So my husband, um, like I said, we call him the Waffle King. So just real quick to embarrass him really good here on air. Um, we got him a an apron that he wears that says Waffle King on it. And if anybody is familiar with Weird Al Yankovic, so he has a song called Waffle King. So we play that. My kids will cue it up on Saturday mornings and they want Derek to dance around and sing that song while he makes our waffles. Yeah, that's what good dads <laughs> do, right? So it's awesome. So we can't take that tradition away. It would not be the same if we were singing like Keto Biscuit King. <laughs> or like uh, Bacon King or something. Right, right, right. I so, could, you know, I have pressed different things into the waffle maker yeah yeah we have for sure that's a whole nother episode yes that's another episode so So, anyway okay so i guess uh the 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 big thing i know we want to go over today is uh you know you had a conversation with somebody and they said hey kids have to have carbs so that kind of that's not one conversation with somebody i've had many conversations and that's that's probably the number one thing that i get and maybe you guys out there listening hear that a lot too if if people ask you how you eat or what are you doing and cuz inevitably people will notice that you don't order carbs at lunch or whatever and then they're like well why are you eating all that butter or whatever um so i definitely get the question like well what do you feed your kids do you make your kids be ketogenic and i'm like well 
I mean, I don't make them. I try to lead by example and then hope that they will follow. Uh, but I do get questions a lot because I do have one kid, we call him our keto kid, Parker, um, that is old enough to make his own decisions. You know, my little ones, they don't really have much of a choice, but he is old enough to make his decisions and he chooses to be ketogenic. I mean, he wants to be, he likes it. And so I get a lot of questions from other moms, very concerned that I am not feeding my kid carbohydrates. Like, what do you mean you don't give him toast in the morning before... Oops, sorry about that. What do you mean you don't give him toast in the morning before having uh, heading him off to school and all that kind of stuff? <laughs> well, it's funny because, uh, you know, my understanding is just, uh, you know, that there are essential carbohydrates that every kid right. has to Well, have. that's what, yeah. I, so yeah. Mm-hmm. What, are, what are those essential carbohydrates? Um, Hold on, let me check. Oh, wait a minute. There's none. <laughs> I, I know. We went over this on that. I remember, you know, I've only been on a few episodes, but that's when I remember. So. But it doesn't matter how many times you tell people that. They literally look at you like you have two heads. They're like, oh, yes. Th- yeah, they are. Carbs are essential. Yeah, because Kellogg told you that. Right. Because I know they are because I've been told it is a important part of my nutritious breakfast is to have these carbohydrates. So, you know, just to kind of reiterate that point, if you don't, if you haven't um, understood that or haven't heard that before, go back and listen to, I don't know, it's probably episode one or two that we talked about that. There are no such thing as essential carbohydrates, period. And it is not, it's not an opinion. It is a fact. There are no essential carbohydrates. That's it. All right. Well, let's get on to your uh, article of the day. So. <laughs> Yeah, so in the vein of what we were talking about here, um, so I I don't know how far into this I want to get, but basically, huh? Oh, well, I was going to say, you know, it is on a popular website, and yeah, unfortunately, yeah. a lot of parents would read something on this website, and so I think what we have to uh, do is, unfortunately, kind of debunk a lot of this information that other parents may find on this parent's website and, yes. and, and, you know, honestly, it's, it's sad that this information's out there and it's being, you know, broadcast out there. So. It is, but this is where people get this, this feeling or they get this information where they believe that there's essential carbohydrates. And this is why I have other concerned moms saying to me, what do you mean? You don't give your kid, you don't make them have toast with their eggs and bacon in the morning. Like they need those carbohydrates. It's, it's where this confusion comes from. So I, I'm basically, let's just say that I stumbled across this article. I was actually, um, had been um, looking at being involved with an organization. And this, I, I saw this article that they had put out there and I, you know, kind of doing my due diligence and doing my research, kind of, you know, is this something I want to put my name on? I ran across this. And I pulled it up. And of course, immediately I was alerted to the fact that this, you know, this did not line up with, you know, my core beliefs um, on nutrition and just health and wellness. So the name of the article said, um, five reasons your kids should skip this popular diet. Says the low carb, high protein paleo diet seems super healthy, but is it right for your children? So I thought, oh Lord. I mean, come on, what can they possibly pick apart on a paleo diet for kids? Like, I'm sorry, is there a problem with your kids not having sugar? Or how about grains and carbohydrates and 
um, you know, and all these. And then I thought, okay, it's got to be the milk, right? Because paleo diets traditionally um, move away from milk. No, there's no dairy. So I thought that's got to be what it is, right? They're 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 attacking the dairy. So I just want to share this article with you. So this was an article on parents.com. Okay, so parents is in the magazine. This is something that goes out, you know, I mean, there are tons of parents that read this, tons of families. And so let me just kind of read some of this article to you. I won't read the whole thing, but it says, um, there are plenty of diets. Now this, this uh, the uh, writer of this article is a registered dietitian, okay? And she's a mom and I'm not gonna call out her name and I don't wanna attack her. But I have to say that, um, this, you know, this is the kind of information that people read and they see that it came from a registered dietitian and they think, oh my gosh, this is the truth. Like I have to listen to this because this woman knows what she's talking about. It says there are plenty of diets that for me fall under the category of, I wouldn't want to eat that way, but I'm happy for you if it works. The paleo diet is at the top of that list. Again, why I, I'm really not sure until you get further into this article and then you understand where she's why this is this way to her. And I get it because it is, and it's probably the reason why many Americans would see the, the paleo diet and say, oh my gosh, there's no way I couldn't do it. Based around the idea that we should only eat foods that our prehistoric ancestors could hunt and gather themselves, this diet centers around meat, fish, eggs, vegetables, and fruit. So far sounds fine to me. <laughs> like I don't really see the problem with this, right? Meat, fish, eggs, vegetables, and fruit. That's good. Do you see a problem with that, Derek? I mean, yeah. doesn't, all that, doesn't all that sound like good stuff? I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> and then she goes on to say, but it doesn't allow for grains, beans, dairy, sugar, potatoes, and highly processed packaged stuff. Okay. Well, we do indulge in dairy here for sure. Um, but, I, love, I love cream. Mm, yeah, me too. And our kids drink milk and, you know, we, but really we don't drink milk for, for dietary benefits as no, far as I'm concerned. Just, it's just because they like it. I like, I like the consistency in my smoothies, the cream, mm -hmm. and then also uh, for the, the butter, obviously. Yes, which, you know. butter and cheese. I like cheese. And there's plenty of keto people who don't think that butter and dairy and cheese. And I think that raw dairy is the way to go. But again, that's for a whole nother podcast. Um, but anyway, the grains and beans, yeah, grains and legumes, there's lots of reasons why um, those are not good. And we have gone over many of those reasons in previous podcasts, but um, maybe I'll do another podcast upcoming on some of those so that people can understand the, re the reason why, you know, there's um, the lectins and phytonutrients and those items that just make them very hard for us to even be able to digest. And they really do not give us any nutritional value, um, potatoes and highly processed packaged stuff. Okay. Well, I mean, that's not, why would you want to eat highly processed packaged stuff anyway? Then she goes on to say like most eating patterns, paleo has the potential to provide the nutrients you need if it's well-planned. Okay. So let me back up again, the potential to provide the nutrients you need. So she says that paleo centers around meat, fish, eggs, vegetables, and fruits. I don't know where she's coming from on this, but I can tell you that right there, those five things that she named off, those have all of the essential nutrients that you need in your diet, period. We could just send the article. That could right be there. it right there. End of story. I mean, that's it. There is no essential nutrients that come from grains, beans, dairy, sugar, potatoes, or highly processed packaged stuff. None. Absolutely zero. So that's fact number one. 
Then she goes on to say, and there's definitely positive aspects on it, um, like an emphasis on fresh foods over highly processed ones. But when I hear about kids going paleo, it sets off some alarm bells as a dietitian. Hmm. I wonder why that would be, because I don't see any alarm bells there. Then she says, the fact is, childhood is a key period for growth, not to mention a time when attitudes about food and eating are shaped. I could not agree with her more. Totally agree. That is, a, it is the, the time when you are growing the most, you are shaping who these kids are going to be as they grow up, what their belief system is going to be. What better time to model healthy eating for your children than when they are when they're little or how about when you're 40 um no because that's that's how most people do it and it's tough right if you guys are listening out there you know how tough it is to change these habits i can't tell you how many times i've said man i wish you know my it wasn't my parents fault they didn't you know it's not like they set out to make a sugar addicted you know uh car burning crazy kiddos you know it's not nobody plans to do that they they did what they thought was right they did what they thought was best well they but followed their doctor's advice they, of probably. course they followed their doctor's advice they, they followed the food pyramid they ignored their parents and grandparents though. exactly because their parents and grandparents didn't eat the way we ate growing yeah. up and the way they did later as they were older so anyway um so she says, I may gain some haters with this point, but I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't point out some key things you must know if you're thinking about getting your your kids on board with this diet. So here are her five things that she says are the number one reasons her, that she thinks that kids should not go paleo. Now, if you're driving, I would buckle your seatbelt real tight. <laughs> Seriously. But and if you're standing up, please sit down now because I'm sitting. This I stuff know. This stuff makes my blood boil. Not because, not at her. I'm not angry at her. I really feel kind of sorry for her because I, I feel bad because I feel like what we're being taught, and especially as a registered dietitian, she's taught all of these things. Like she believes. So, so she's following what right, she's Right, and she taught. probably believes wholeheartedly that this is dangerous and this is bad. But that's, I mean, look at our country. <laughs> look at the sickness. Look at all the things going on. Look at the, the epidemic of diabetes and childhood obesity. If what our government is teaching if what dietitians are learning in school is working which they've been teaching the same thing for 60 years yes so if what they've been teaching for 60 years worked why are we in the state we're in we're worse off than we ever have been. ever when, when they declared yes. a war on cancer it pretty much doubled and tripled yes i mean we are so far behind where we were 50 60 years ago so so this is government speak basically so she's representing the government she's representing the standard american diet basically. right which it just it, it makes my blood boil because i get so frustrated that there are Innocent people with innocent kids reading this and taking it to heart because I know because I was one of those. I had a subscription also, to Parents Magazine through both of my younger boy and, and you're my just older doing boys. What you think's right yes, I would read all those dietary things and I would read all those everything and I and I thought, man, I am going to follow this because I want my kids to be healthy and and it wasn't until researching these things and learning and going to school for myself to learn all of the nutrition you know, ins and outs and, and human anatomy and physiology that I started to understand how this stuff just doesn't make sense. It just is completely doesn't make sense. Well, keep, keep going. Okay. So, so number one, number one, these are the number, the five things to consider if you're thinking about getting your kids on board. Right. So number one is kids may not get enough calories. Oh my gosh. Seriously. Do that makes how, me want to beat my head against the wall. How calorie dense is fat? I'm like, seriously, 
Because they're not getting legumes, essentially this is what she's saying, because they're not getting legumes. Or hard or high carb foods. Or high carb foods or dairy, which is high carb, like milk specifically, which is high carb, tons of sugar, that they may not get enough calories. But wait a minute, she specifically says that it centers, this diet centers around meat, fish, eggs, vegetables, and fruit. What is more calorie dense than meat and eggs? <laughs> like, like, I don't know a single thing. I know. I remember when women stopped eating eggs years ago because they said they were too high in calories. Yeah. Oh, and so then they anyway, used to eat the egg whites. I know. Well, this is all, I mean, so this is right. So anyway, the paleo diet often turned into as a weight loss tool because the cornerstones of the diet, like veggies and meat, are specially filling. Oh my gosh, that's right. But she just said they won't get enough calories. They, It's not about calories, people. It's, it's about the nutrients and the, the macronutrients, the micronutrients, the, the vitamins, the minerals that your body needs to thrive and survive. That is what she's talking about when she says the because the cornerstone of the diet like fruits or like veggies and meat are especially filling. They're especially filling because they're intended to be that way. These are whole foods that we're supposed to be eating. Then she goes on to say, and because you cut out a lot of the calories by avoiding food groups like dairy, ding, 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 and grains, ding, 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 you may have a calorie deficit. Oh my goodness. There's so many things wrong with this statement. It's good to feel satisfied after eating, but this diet may blunt a child's grow, growing, a growing child's appetite, making it hard to get enough calories every day. Okay, first of all, this goes back to the idea that a calorie is a calorie and calories are what we need to be focused on. They are not. They're absolutely That's not. That's been debunked. That's been so debunked. Ago. 20 years ago, that was debunked. So I understand that for the general public, those that that message is just very slowly getting out there because you have a lot of lobbyists that have big interest in keeping that hush-hush. Because if you realize that calories are not where it's at, you're gonna stop you're gonna stop eating those things and trying to get your your, you know, being worried about, well, I, I need to lose weight, so I have to eat these low-calorie packaged foods that they tell me are gonna be good for me and that I need to focus on. So, first of all, that's just completely junk. So anyway, so moving that's on. all number one. Number two, kids may not get the carbs they need. The stop, carbs stop they one. need. So that gets back to our. Okay, earlier. so first of all, you can just completely X that whole first statement because that is absolutely false. Again, that has been debunked over and over okay, and over again. Keep reading because it gets worse. Okay. Carbohydrates are the main source of fuel for your body and the brain. The paleo diet restricts all grains, beans, and dairy, all of which are rich in carbs. Mm-hmm, that's true. In favor of lots of meat and vegetables. Again, I don't see the problem. Which are low or devoid of carbs. Kids may not get the carbs they need. Carbohydrates are the main source of fuel for the body and the brain. Okay, first of all, they're not. However, if you are a carb burner, you're a sugar burner because you've made yourself that way from all the carbohydrates that you've been taking in and all the sugar that you've been taking in over the years, then yes, that is how it's going to be. You have changed the enzymatic process in your body. We've all done it. I did it. You've changed it from being ketogenic, which by the way, we are all born ketogenic. Breast milk is a perfectly ketogenic food. We are born ketogenic. We produce ketones as babies. We run on fat for fuel. And 
just to go back and debunk the first thing that she says that kids, it may blunt a growing child's appetite and their growth. That's complete fooey because babies are fed ketogenic breast milk specifically because fat is what fuels their growth and the growth of their brain. Well, I remember when we had Tanner, the the industry was pushing us to, well, we have this enhanced uh, you know, formula that's yes. better than with breast DHA milk. and it's better yes. than breast milk and you should do this. And I mean, so right from the beginning, the food producers are trying to get you hooked on their carb base. <clears throat> yeah, system. don't worry if Remember you can't breastfeed because you need to do this. Well yeah, with your father and my father in law, your yeah. stepdad who yeah. they, they wanted him, him they did put him on it. They had him drinking that because they said he wasn't getting enough. It was like a sugary milk. Yes. It's it's crazy. Anyway, it's so anyway, um but it says so anyway, so yes, often that is your main source of fuel. That is not your body's preferred source of fuel. So that we have got to get that straight. And it makes me so upset that there are still so many experts out there, so many so many experts in this industry, so many people that professionals that people are looking to for sound health and wellness advice, and this is what they're telling them. So this, the paleo diet restricts all grains, beans, and dairy. Yes, all of which are rich in carbs in favor of lots of meats and vegetables, which are low or devoid of carbs. Yes, yes, and yes. So all of those things, let me explain this. If you haven't listened to this before, if you haven't heard this before, if you don't understand this, every time you eat carbohydrates, I don't care, I don't care if it is white Wonder Bread or it is white potatoes or it is corn or it is a spoon, of sugar. a spoon of sugar or a piece of cake or a whole wheat, um, a whole grain, whatever thing you want to eat. Every time you eat any of those things, it turns to glucose in your body, period. It becomes glucose in your blood. Every one of them, always across the board, it doesn't matter. Carbohydrates turn to to glucose in your blood. That is what happens when we digest carbohydrates. So if we are constantly eating those and constantly feeding those to our kids, we are constantly on this sugar roller coaster because what happens when you eat glucose or when, when you eat sugar or carbohydrates that turns to glucose in your bloodstream, all of a sudden now you have, you, you, you get this whole cascade, this whole hormonal cascade that starts happening that involves your pituitary gland, your adrenals, your pancreas, your liver. There's all these different processes come together and you have to release insulin to, to try to regulate the blood sugar, you know, get it back into the homeostasis, the, the, your set point where your blood sugar should be, this, this normal, nice, even keel blood sugar. So every time you eat carbohydrates, you have this release of insulin. Now, how much of that you eat, how often of that you eat, depends on how often your pancreas is called upon to release this insulin and how much it has to release. And depending on how often you do that and how much you do that, which for most Americans, is all day long every day will depend on when and if and how long it takes for you to basically become metabolically broken. You just, your body can only keep that up for so long before something has to give. 
So that's in the way of fatty liver because your liver just can't handle the glucose anymore and it can't, it's stuffed it everywhere it can stuff it. So then it starts turning the glucose that isn't burned or it can't be stored as glycogen because all your glycogen stores are full because you're not active enough to burn all those off. Then it stores all that, whatever it can't be stored, then it turns into triglycerides. It's, it stores that as fat on your body. So that's how you get all this adipose tissue all over your body that that um, is stored as fat. And that's not your body working against you. That's, you know, insulin comes out. It is the fat storage hormone, but it comes out because it is trying to, it's trying to usher that glucose into your cells for energy. You know, insulin is like, oh, okay, here comes the, here comes the stuff we need. Let's, let's make this into energy. But when it can't shove it into any more, when those cell receptors sh shut off and it can't put them into any more cells, it's done. It's like, man, I have nowhere else to put this then that's when your liver has to do something with it. It's like, okay, we can't allow the, the, this to stay up. So we gotta, we gotta do something with this. We gotta get rid of it. And so you have all these swings all day long where people go high on their blood sugar and then insulin pulls it down and pulls everything out. And then you're not eating and your, your body needs carbohydrates because you've taught it that. So now you've got low blood sugar and then your brain starts screaming, oh man, now we've got low blood sugar. Now we need to, we need to, we need to eat more. I need to get some more sugar in here, you know, some more glucose in my blood. And it's just so taxing on your liver and on, on your hormonal system, on your adrenal glands, just all across the board. It causes so many issues. So there, there is a good reason that you want your kids to learn to eat things that are low in carbs and rich in fat and, and protein. Because what growing kids actually need is fat and protein. Nutrient-dense food. That's right. So number three, kids may not get enough calcium and vitamin D. The paleo diet excludes all dairy products, which means your kids are missing out on major source of calcium, which builds bones, and vitamin D, which helps the body absorb calcium. You'll need to be sure you're providing other sources of these nutrients, like fortified plant-based milks. Okay. Oh my goodness. There's so Seriously, much wrong in this, this is a shaking my head moment. Like it's, I'm almost too exhausted to even, well, to literally even address. I can this. take over for this. One. Okay, please do because now I'm not the expert. <laughs> Kids may not get enough. This is I can I mean I hear podcasts all the time oh and gosh. I can tell you this. Seriously, I'm still shaking my head. I can't oh my help gosh. it. So all I was gonna say about that is, wow. I mean, seriously, like, okay. Oh my gosh! There's so seriously. This makes me so upset. There's so much wrong okay, with this. Well, statement. you know what? You know, let's, let's break it down to something real simple. This that one statement. A lot of parents reading that, they wouldn't have to read the whole article. They'd read that one thing and go, "Yeah, I'm not doing that to my kids because I want them to have strong bones." Right. I want them, so that's right. That's a deal breaker right there for right. most people. And because dairy is pushed on us, milk is pushed on us as you have to drink milk because drink that's how you get strong bones, yeah. right? Like. Does a body good and the whole milk mustache campaign and you know like let's not be fooled here, people. They're not putting out those messages because they're really that concerned about your bone health and if you have you know if milk's doing your body good. They're making money on this. Like this is it's an industry. It's an industry. Okay, I'm not saying all dairy farmers are evil. I'm not saying that not at, all. at all. I happen to have a dairy farmer that I like very, very much, <laughs> that sells us raw milk. That is awesome. But, but I'm just saying, like it's an industry. We have to just put those lenses on and remember that that you know it's an advertisement. Like they're trying to sell you their product, right? So anyway, and, and they have. Lots of lobbyists in in Washington that are making sure that we continue to push 
dairy and make sure that the general public knows how important dairy is for bones. So let me just go back and tell you that first of all, if you're buying milk in the grocery store shelves, you're not absorbing 99.9% .9 of that calcium or vitamin D from that milk anyway. But they're claiming in there. Period. You're not. Because it's so devoid of nutrients and minerals and vitamins by the time you're getting it off that store shelf. So milk, if you're buying raw dairy, yes, you are getting quite a good source of calcium and vitamin D. As long as it doesn't D. have a light, light hitting it and all that kind of stuff. Right. Too, yeah. As long as it's treated properly. And most people that are that are even partaking in, in raw dairy farming, understand that. they understand that they know that and, and it's a passion of theirs. And they they know, it. yes, they're very protective of their milk and they understand, and their cows, and they understand you know, the whole problem with the dairy industry. So dairy that you're buying in the stores is pasteurized, which is a high heat process that pretty much kills off, kills bacteria, and then it pretty much kills off any good thing that would be in that well, milk. Well, the other thing too is like the whole skim milk movement. Like we mm -hmm. got sucked into that oh, years man, ago because like, we were told fat was bad for you yep. and cholesterol was bad for you. I feel awful about I know we evangelized at the oh, time like, gosh, oh, everyone, oh, now we learned this. And it's like, I felt like, you know, the black wool pulled over my yeah. head. But, you know, unfortunately, so they took all those nutrients out with the fat, then they added them back in artificially right. into the skim milk. So if you're drinking skim right. milk anywhere right now, I can guarantee you it's all oh, it's, just junk. Oh, it's junk. Well, plus skim milk has a ton more sugar than whole milk. So if you are buying milk on the store shelves, uh, hopefully you're at least buying the whole milk because skim milk or anything less than whole milk, when the they, when they take... Or the organic whole, whole milk. Yeah, because when they take the... When they take the, sh the fat out of the milk, it loses all its flavor. So they have to add extra sugar back in to give it a flavor. And, and just as another little kind of aside for you guys, anytime that you see anything in the store that says fortified with, it needs to raise red flags for you. Because the only reason that the food industry, any food industry, fortifies anything means they took it out. And they're putting back in synthetic versions because we can't well, take. I remember like uh, like Tony the Tiger or whatever. That's right. fortified with vitamin something. Of course, well every cereal is because it's completely it devoid. Right, it's devoid of any because it is not. There is nothing essential in any grain or breakfast cereal. They have to add those things that we know are essential, the vitamins and, and minerals, and them. make us think that, oh my gosh, see, it's got all these essential vitamins and minerals in it, what? so I need to eat it. But you don't understand that those fortified things in there, you can't absorb them. Well, I remember the the Raisin brand and looking at the back years ago, and it was like 100%, 100%. Yeah. It was like I bought the brand that was mm -hmm. like all 100s on the right. back. Right, yep, I, I was remember. like, okay, I'm going to eat this every day so I can get healthier. Right. Oh, I know. And it was I did raisins, too. which were just sugar. And bran flakes. And bran flakes. And then the skim milk I thought yes, was good for I me. Yes, I know, So I just know. think about what kind of chemical com that I was eating every right, morning. Right, but I was getting because we read stuff like this, we thought this is this is a healthy breakfast. This is a, I'm oh, getting total. all the That's essential. Yeah, yeah, I knew what it was. I wasn't saying it. <laughs> all the essential things that I need to get. And so this is what you know. We did this with our kids too. Our two oldest boys when they were young. This is I totally hook, line, and sinker. Man bought into this stuff. Hook, line, and sinker. So, but anyway. So, so how do you get vitamin okay, D? Okay, so how do you, you get, get vitamin D. The number one source of getting vitamin D is sun exposure. And you have to have vitamin D, like she does state a, a, a she does have a good um, truth. factual truth. And you have that little bit of truth in there and you think, oh my gosh, that's right. Well, that makes total sense. The little bit of truth in this 
misstatement is the major source um, uh, of calcium, which builds bones, and vitamin D, which helps the body absorb calcium. That's 100% correct. You have to have vitamin D with calcium to be able to absorb it. So I think the most interesting part about this is that actually the foods that we're supposed to be eating that have this perfect mix of calcium and D because we need they need each other and um, you know we have to have the vitamin D to be able to absorb the calcium and <clears throat> vice versa. It's really interesting how if we just eat a whole foods diet and just eat real food, um, we get, we get these these they're wonderfully packaged in these real foods like like meat and fish and um, eggs and liver and and yeah cheese if you want to eat dairy you know don't go after the store shelf milk you know if you if you're buying that fine you know i'm not trying to shame anybody doing that if you want to buy the the milk in the store and you're buying you know buy go for the whole milk so you've got less sugar and that's fine i'm not shaming anybody you know we'll pick that up too from time to time um because my kids want to drink it and that's fine but um but the, the best sources of those are, you're going to get like fatty fish, so like tuna and mackerel and salmon, those types of things. Um, beef liver, which I know beef liver is not so popular anymore, but you know there's a really good reason that liver used to be such a popular thing. It's so good for us. Um, we've kind of lost that knowledge, it seems like. Um, you can get desiccated beef liver capsules, too, that you can take if you don't want to eat it. Um, cheese is a great source of D and calcium. And um, yolks, egg yolks, that is probably the best source. Um, actually, egg yolks are a great source of so many things. And let's make sure that we're not forgetting the vegetables that are high in calcium, <clears throat> like kale. Kale's very high in calcium. Kale, a cup of kale is nearly as high in calcium as a cup of milk. So, I mean, literally, it's like just a few milligrams less per serving. So, um, sardines, those are great. I think I already talked about the fish, but um, broccoli, bok choy. So, there's lots of vegetables out there that are high in calcium. And, um, you know, and let's not forget the sun. You know, we need the sun for that vitamin D exposure. So, we need to not minimize that. All right. So, what's the last um, one? Number four, well, actually, just two more. Number four, kids may receive this message that something foods are bad while other foods are good. Well, that's a fact. Some foods are bad for you and some foods are good. And I actually think that, that is a good message to teach kids. Kids need boundaries. Kids need right or wrong. Kids right. need black or white. Kids need uh, light or dark. They need to understand there are contrasts in this world and that right. there are safe things. And well, I think we've things. gotten so far into this and I know I may get some hate mail for this, but I think we've gotten so far into this, everybody gets a trophy mentality. And everybody that, has to be right. Yes, everybody. Well, you find your truth. I'll find my truth. But there is one truth. Like there, there can only be a truth and there's a right and there is a wrong. You know what? I believe if you eat a Milky Way a day, it keeps the doctor away. So I, my truth is going to set me <laughs> right, free. Exactly. See, that's what I'm saying. And it's called like, the Milky Way diet. So that's your truth, your truth. But it's not going to happen. It's Sorry. a lie. <laughs> I, was, you, I was hoping that you would if say If you that live on Milky Way, and even no matter how much you believe that or how much you think that's true, it's still going to kill you. It's still going to kill you. Um, what if, I could go triple down. I could do a Milky Way for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for like a year and do uh -huh. like one of these uh, documentaries and see how my body Right. Changes. Let's see. Have you seen those documentaries? Do yeah. you see what happens to those yeah. guys? That's a whole they have topic. to stop because they're going to die. So anyway, it says... Um, this triggers unhealthy way of thinking 
In my book, this triggers an unhealthy way of thinking and links emotions with food. Okay, so I understand what she's saying here, and I do believe that there is a lot of issues around linking emotions to food. I get that. I have been an emotional eater my whole life. I know many of you are, and so I understand that, and I think the ketogenic diet specifically really moves us away from that emotional eating. Um, It really, really does. And I still love to eat. I love food, but I don't rely on it so much anymore for emotional ups and downs or like we're going to celebrate so I have to eat something. Um, It's really weird the way that happens, but it kind of took that away. So I understand what she's saying there, but I don't think that telling your kids that sugar is bad for your body because it is a fact that it is bad for your body. It does nothing good for your body. I don't think that that is necessarily going to mean that you are going to trigger negative emotions for your kids surrounding certain things. Like like our kids don't have negative feelings about birthday parties because they're going to eat a, a sugary piece of cake. It's just a birthday party and it's just a piece of cake and we don't make a big deal about it. And it's like, okay, if you're at a birthday party and you eat the cake, no big deal. That's fine. We don't eat like that all of the time. That's the point is is making the choices that you know are good for your body because yes, there are foods that are good for your body. And I think we need to teach our kids that. Vegetables are good for your body. Good, um, you know, healthy, organic, grass-fed meat is good for your body. Free-range um, uh, poultry and and um, and pigs and eggs and all of those things are good for your body. And I think our kids need to know that. They need to know that there are good and bad foods. Okay. Um, okay. So anyway, so I just think that that is. I think we'll that that's completely, yeah, there. completely disagree with her. Okay. And number five. This one may just be my favorite, actually. So this one's the buckle your seatbelt, buckle your neighbor's seatbelt. <laughs> Make sure your airbag's turned on in case you hit the brakes. Yeah, please. You might want to pull over. If Number five. <laughs> Kids don't. Seriously, don't. feel, may feel deprived. Oh, my gosh. So you're saying that my kid may feel deprived if I don't let them have the same sugary I mean, sweets that their neighbors I know. Have. Well, we just had Halloween, and... You know, I probably should have just let my kids just eat all that candy that they wanted because I don't want them to feel deprived like ever, right? I mean, I want them to just whatever they want, whatever their little hearts want. When Tony the Tiger comes on TV, I mean, I can just think their little their soul inside. I know they're like my parents are the worst because I never get to eat that cereal. Where what cereal was it the other day? I was in the store with my 11 year old. It was a cereal, I'm pretty sure, and we walked by it, and he goes. It was some just totally normal. Like I ate that cereal probably every day of my life growing up. And I can't remember what cereal it was, but let's just say it was like Lucky Charms. And my son goes, what's that, mom? I've never heard of that. And I... Because they're deprived. Because Right, because he's so deprived. But I I literally, I looked around when he said that. First I laughed. And then I looked around because he kept asking me and I thought... Oh my gosh, I know that there are some people walking by us right now thinking, does that kid, do they live in a cave somewhere? <laughs> They're not allowed to so, listen to music either. But it, Right, no, not true. But no, seriously, so that is a crazy statement to me, okay? Anyway, you may find it easy to adhere to a paleo diet when you're out and about, but your kids may end up feeling cheated 
excluded or resentful if they can't enjoy the cake at a party or the snack at preschool. I mean, seriously though, isn't this where teaching our kids that there are foods that are good for their bodies and there's foods that are bad for their bodies, like going back to her last statement, I mean, isn't that where this comes into play? Like, like we were talking about in the beginning of this, when I was touching on our breakfast, like we do Saturday morning breakfast. It's a big deal to our family. It's a big tradition. Um, you know, we love to have that tradition in that time. And, you know, even if there are certain foods that we don't want them to eat, or we want them to eat a certain version of a food or, you know, whatever. I mean, even if we weren't paleo or keto or, um, even if we didn't think that they should be having all that, we, I still wouldn't want them to eat all that sugar. It's just too much. Like once you understand what it does in your body, I don't want to set my kids up for that. And to be quite honest, if they did feel deprived or, or, you know, whatever, because they couldn't, you know, they felt like they weren't getting all the sugar and all the processed food that their friends are getting, then so be it because I would rather my kids feel like that and 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 realize when they get older that hey mom and dad were just doing the best they could for us and you know I'm so grateful that we didn't have to deal with childhood obesity or diabetes or you know diabetes they're coming out with this type 2 you know information on type 2 diabetes that people are that is a disease that is starting 20 years before you even realize you have it so it's something that takes a long time. It's something that's starting in childhood for people. And it's so important to us to, to set our kids up as best we can now for success in the future. I mean, that's we're really trying to build those, those um, stops into them now, you know, where they, they're, they're understanding, you know, Hey, I, there, there is a limit of how much of this stuff I should allow my body to have. And if you teach them young and you, you, you kind of help them limit because that's what we're there to do guys. I mean, we are parents. It's okay. If our, if we tell our kids no to things, it's okay. If we tell them that this food is bad or that activity is bad or this food is good or that activity is good. Like we are there to guide them. I mean, that is what raising kids is about. So, you know, we can't worry about they're going to feel deprived if we're telling them how to eat well or do whatever. I mean, that is what our job is. So, you know, I, I just don't want us to lose sight of that and fall into this trap of like, well, you can't, you know, take those things away from your kid because you don't want them to feel deprived. I mean, I think there's a much bigger danger in the teaching them this food pyramid and teaching them about um, calories in, calories out, and all of this stuff because, you know, that's where, at least for me growing up as a, a teenage girl, and I don't think it's gotten any better in society for sure, is, you know, I began, began worrying and to no fault of my parents, but I just began worrying because of all the messages out there about diet, nutrition, and food and the way you should look. You know, I worried all the time about calories and, you know, low fat everything. And, you know, I shouldn't be eating this and shouldn't be eating that. I mean, I can tell you, if you're worried about stunning your kid's growth, take all the fat away from them, you know, start restricting their calories. That's where you're going to see this, the, the poor growth and, and eating disorders coming in and, you know, start telling them that they need to restrict their food intake so that they, 
don't get fat, you know? I mean, that's, it's such a bad message to our kids. We need to teach them what food does in their body and then help guide them to eat the foods that do nourish their bodies and help them. Okay, so anyway, let me step off my soapbox and let's get back to this. Um, the rest of this final reason why she says that this is a bad idea for your kids. The paleo diet restricts a long list of foods and restriction has been known in research to completely backfire with some kids. These kids end up fixated on the prohibited foods, talking about them, asking for them, and seeking them out even more. A more reasonable approach is to stock your home with the foods you want your family to eat, but allow them the freedom of choices when they're elsewhere. Okay, so again, some truth in a statement that in my opinion is full of a bunch of hooey. And some of those truths are that a more reasonable approach would be to stock your home with the foods that you want your family to eat, but allow them the freedom of choices when they're elsewhere. I would agree with that statement. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what we do here. I just stock 99% it. 99% of the food in yeah, there. Yeah, 99% of the food that's here, except for that darn leftover Halloween candy that we've yeah. allowed them to keep, is the what we want them to be eating. And they have free choice to choose any of those items that are in our house because we keep the items in here that we're okay with them There's eating. also a bag of white bread that goes moldy every other week, right? <laughs> But if they go to a birthday party or a sleepover at somebody's house or a school function or whatever, then you know what? They they can make the choice. Do they want to eat it or not? And honestly, when they're making these good choices at home, I can tell you that they don't feel deprived. They It's quite the opposite. They indulge in that food and then they go, oh, mom, I was so sick after I ate that and I shouldn't have done it. Or they'll eat half a piece of the cake and go, I'm done. This is enough. It was or, plenty. Or they get served the cake, then the Sprite, then the oh ice gosh, cream, then yes. the candy, then the, and like our one son's like, mom. I was good with a half piece of cake. Then they gave me this. Then they gave me this. Right. And he's like, I like those people. I'm not saying anything bad. And we're not thinking anything bad of them saying this. But it's just, he's got that sugar tolerance now where he's like, that's more than I right. needed. He had a little bite of it. It was fun. He had a couple bites, whatever. After that, he doesn't need to keep doing it. So the fact that um, she says kids may feel deprived, I just don't think that's right. I think you, it's how you handle it. It's how you're teaching them. It's how you guys handle it in your home. So, you know, our kids know that they know how we feel about food. We model it for them. And, you know, I just think that's, I think that that is a, in my opinion, it's a ridiculous statement to say that you're going to allow your kids to eat what they want because you don't want them to feel deprived. I would not allow them to drink alcohol if they felt deprived because they see my husband and I have a glass of red wine every night and that makes them feel deprived that they don't get it. I would not allow them to smoke a cigarette and I would not condone that because they see their friends, um, you know, I'm talking about my high school kids here, um, they may see friends at school smoking cigarettes and then they may feel deprived because their parents will not allow them to indulge in cigarettes and so somehow I'm going to be damaging them. I don't agree with that at all and even if I wasn't paleo or ketogenic, I wouldn't agree with that statement as far as like, you know, I don't allow my kids to drink soda. I've never allowed them to drink soda. Well, I should take that back. They are allowed to have one soda per week. So I have that has been our rule their whole life growing up. And they're most of the time they don't even choose to indulge in that one soda. I mean, you know, I think it's even interesting that like our younger kids, like our kids, we've never given them juice. Like they don't get juice as toddlers or as little kids. So when we go places, um, they rarely, now I will say that this 
um, we did go to a birthday party here a couple of weeks ago, and I thought it was really funny because my daughter, uh, Gabby, she actually did ask for juice, like out of the blue, like, but they were serving Sprite to the kids. And I asked the person um, if I could have water for my daughter. And I think that she saw, because everybody was getting Sprite, she didn't know what Sprite was. She asked me what it was, and I think that she thought it was juice. So she thought, well, I want juice too. We do allow them to have like a juice box here and there at a birthday party or something like that. But at this particular party, it wasn't an option, um, even if I was going to let her have it. So, you know, we said water, but she didn't fight that at all. She's like, okay, water. And nine times out of 10, when we go somewhere like out to eat, they don't, not, not even nine times out of 10, a hundred times out of a hundred, they never ask for juice ever. I mean, they, they order their own drinks, even my five-year-olds and they order water. Like, that's just how we do it. And I really don't think that my kids feel deprived. I've never seen that as an issue because we don't allow them to drink soda or, you know, juice just because of the sugar content. It's just a ton of sugar. It's just so bad for them. I mean, juice, a 12-ounce serving of juice and a 12-ounce serving of soda is the same amount of sugar. So again, I don't think it created a feeling of deprivation. I think it created a feeling of, I don't really need that, or I understand when I do indulge in that, how it makes me feel and I don't like it. Or it's a treat and it's okay to have treats. Like we said exactly. earlier, like our Saturday morning treat thing, it's like, we're not like, oh my gosh, I saw someone eat a piece of sugar. They must. Right. Or, uh, yeah. you know, oh, well, we're, we're, you know, mom and dad are doing this ketogenic diet now. So we're no longer, you guys can no longer have waffles or, you know, pancakes or whatever. I think it's all about, you know, just setting the boundaries. I think the opposite of what she's saying, I think you do need to teach kids the, the, the right and wrong foods to eat based on what nourishes their bodies. Carbohydrate. My kids can tell you, if you ask them, they may or may not like it or agree with it, specifically my teenagers, but they will tell you, they know what carbohydrates do in their body. They know that they're not good for them. And if they choose to eat it, that's their decision. They also, if you ask them what a healthy plate looks like, they would probably tell you some piece of grass-fed steak with lots of butter and a whole bunch of uh, broccoli, cauliflower, and Brussels sprouts. Yeah, that would I mean, be it. That would be what they would answer, I have no doubt. And, and it's funny because one of our sons, I won't say which one, he is starting to develop some muscles on his body and he's thinking about, you know, being health conscious and he's one of the, the worst carb burners, sugar burners I've ever seen. And he just lives off carbs. He always has. And he's just now finally coming in. We, we don't pressure him. We don't guilt him. We don't shame mm -hmm. him. We just say, hey, you can eat however you want. We're going to eat this way. We would prefer you eat this way, but we're not going to give him some food issues. But we do tell him that's not the right way to eat. Yeah. But we don't sit there and take it away from him. I mean, he can make those choices. He's old enough to make them. Now he's finally at the point where he's like, hey, he starts to ask us, would I be better to do this or this? Would I be better to do this or this? Right. Hey, should can I you eat this or this? should I eat this? Yeah, he came to me. This is one of my teenagers. I pack my 11-year-old's lunch every day because he that's what he asks me to do. He doesn't like to eat the school lunches as he tells me it's got too much sugar and too much packaged food. So I appreciate that. But again, there's an example of my 11-year-old who has seen us be ketogenic for about a year now. We have you know, change the way that we're eating that, you know, I don't provide those things for them. He sees that he knows that. And so instead of going crazy at school or feeling deprived, he says, mom, please pack me every day because I don't want to eat that stuff. Then my other, now my teenager, his older brother, one, one of the teenagers 
um, his older brother has fought us, not fought us, but has bucked against that. And we're like, okay, that's fine. You know, when you leave this house, if you go to school, you're going to have to make your own choices on what to eat for lunch. And, and you go out with your friends at, you know, wherever he has to make his own choices. I'm not going to be there to hold his hand the rest of his life and tell him how to eat. So anyway, we've let him do that. And then a few, like a month or two ago, he came home and said, you know, I really want to start working on being healthier and building my muscles and getting stronger. So can you start packing me lunch? Tell me what's a, what good lunches are. And so now he packs a mostly ketogenic lunch every day. And he's totally not a ketogenic kid. No, but and he also knows. his breakfast is changing too. So, and I don't, and I think that's an encouragement to anybody out there. It's like, you know, this is someone that's kind of come to the realization on his own, his own timing, his own, his own, uh, he's a very intelligent kid. And I think he's finally going, you know what, this makes more sense than mm -hmm. what I'm doing. And the results I want are not going to be there if I keep doing what I've always done. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you do what you've always done, you get what you've always got. Right. He asks me every morning, mom, make me, will you make me some eggs and sausage? And then I make um, eggs and bacon for my other one. They get up at the same time, and that's what they eat every single morning for breakfast. And they ask for that, mm -hmm. like they—that's that's what choice. they want. It's a choice, right? It's a choice. They have a choice to eat other things if they wanted, and that is their choice is to eat those things. So, um, so I guess, <coughs> excuse me, guys. <clears throat> In wrapping this episode up, I just want to say that um, <clears throat> again, I know I get very passionate about this, but I mean, this is my. You know, this is my passion. It, this is my career. It's my, um, it, you know, I, I it's it's just something that I am so passionate about, and I love. And and the reason I do it is to educate people, um, because I want us to all have our best life. I want us to be as healthy as we can be. I want us to be raising kids as healthy as we can be. Um, I want people to be to be healthy and, and to be thinking clearly with their brains, their brains working clearly so that they can do what they've been put on this earth to do. And I feel like if you're, if you're battling sicknesses and illnesses and brain fog and all these things because of what you're fueling your body with and you just don't know any better, you can't do what you've been put here to do. Well, I mean, just like in the uh, airplane, you know, they always say put your oxygen mask on first. How are you going to be a help and service to other people? How are you going to volunteer? How are you going to change the world <clears throat> That's with right. the unique mission that we've all been given? If you're not able to even get out of bed in the morning because you feel miserable, or you have such bad headaches all the time, you can't, you know, stand to do anything after work or, you know, fill in the blank. You know, we are put on this earth to serve other people. And yes. we believe in servant leadership in our family. And we know that if we're not healthy as a family, we're basically going to be retreating inside the house and just taking care of each other all the time. And I don't feel like that's what we're meant to do. Right. I agree. We're meant to, we're meant to be out there serving others and helping others. And so, um, I, you know, I am passionate about this. I hope that I didn't come off mean or attacking this person in this article. Um, if she ever listens to this, I hope that she doesn't feel like I was, but I, um, I do get passionate about this. And I do get frustrated when information like this is put out as fact and as something that these, I feel like these um, vulnerable young families, because that's who reads Parent Magazine. Um, like I said, I subscribed to that magazine for years and had it delivered to my house. And I just hung on every article that they wrote in there. And I, it just breaks my heart that 
these types of articles are getting out there and they're served up as fact. And then these young parents trying to do everything in their power to raise healthy kids are, are following this advice. And then as a nation, we are just getting sicker and sicker and sicker and our children are getting sicker and sicker and sicker. Well, I think the purpose of this podcast is to educate people, even if it's one at a time, even if there's only one listener out there listening to this, it's yes. worth it, right? That's right. It's totally worth it. I think this is a grassroots movement, guys. This whole um, he- you know, health, wellness, nutrition, it's a grassroots movement. It just takes me telling one person and that one person tells one person and that one person tells one person. And then you get connected into this um, group of of other like-minded people. I mean, you just go out there on iTunes or any place you listen to podcasts and just type in keto, type in paleo, see what comes up. You will get so many podcasts and so many experts or go look for a paleo book or a, a keto book. You'll get so much information. You know, because all those people are sponsored by the bacon industry. <laughs> Wrong. Or they're There's... sponsored by the butter industry. <laughs> nope. <laughs> are they sponsored by the? You're talking coconut about oil industries industry? that are not subsidized. Coco- coconut industry. Nope. 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 Oh. The only the only people that are sponsored by any industry are the industries that are subsidized by our government. Right. That's the sad. I, th- I think people truth. need to always follow the money. Yeah, that's the truth. If you follow the money, you'll figure out where it is. And I can tell you that there is not, I mean, there are some people in the ketogenic realm and the paleo realm, of course, that are making money. They slap the name on their products and then... There's nothing wrong with those people. Right. And that's, that's fine, whatever. But... Um, but yeah, in general, just this community of is like-minded people. We're trying to get people back to real food, eating whole food, nutrient-dense food, moving away from the, the things that are in our diet that are harmful that we don't need, which are not just sugars, not just processed foods, not just prepackaged foods, but grains and legumes and you know all of these things these carbohydrates they are not good for our bodies we don't need them they're causing us lots of harm and all you have to do is just look at where the state of this of the country's health is to see that that's the truth so um okay guys well i'm going to jump off this soapbox and uh, (laughs) well i think you've done a lot for today and uh, i'm glad i could be back on the episode to help you out today yeah, and you know what? And I did have a, um, I have a really good, um, I've got a couple of new reviews. And so I wanted to read um, one that's a really good one. And then maybe I'll read the the next one on the next podcast. But so um, this one uh, was left for me on iTunes. And guys, if you have not reviewed my podcast yet, um, I would be so appreciative if you would go on and leave me a review. And I will do my very best to read it online. Uh, or read it on, I'm sorry, read it on this podcast. But this one is from... It does make her smile, so I'm her husband. It does. And I like to see her smile, so please send one. And I really appreciate (laughs) it because it makes me, you know, there's a a lot of work and effort and time and money goes into making a podcast. And I don't... You know, what I get out of it is knowing that you guys get something out of it. That's all I get out of doing a podcast. I just, like I said, I'm passionate about it. I love it. I just love getting the information out there. So to get these feedbacks and these reviews and know that it is mattering to somebody out there just 
it gives me all that I need to keep going on this. I love it. So this one is from Keto Carrie. I love that name. So hi, Carrie. So she says, where have you been my whole life? <laughs> That's so cute. Don't cry. I know. I get so emotional over these things, and I can't do that right now because my voice is so bad. Um, okay, she says, I happily stumbled across your Instagram page the other day and saw your post today about the sauna that caught my interest. I haven't ever even listened to a podcast before, so I can hardly wait to go back and listen to all of your previous podcasts. I am just newly exploring keto, intermittent fasting, and benefits of saunas, so I hit the jackpot when I found you. <laughs> That's right, she did. Those are my three wheelhouses, Carrie. She says, keep up the great work. I like the casual but informative conversation. I feel like I'm listening, listening to a couple of friends over coffee. That's so sweet. I love that. And thank you so much for that review. And that was a five-star, <clears throat> excuse me, a five-star review by Keto Carrie. And I'm so glad that you found me too, Carrie. And I hope that you continue to get great information. If anybody else would like to find me on Instagram, you can do that by looking me up at that keto blonde on Instagram. Again, that's at that keto blonde on Instagram. And then you can go to my website. That's jessica at jessicatai.com. I'm sorry, that's my email. Oh my goodness. Jessica at jessicatai.com is how you can send me an email. Um, if you'd like to visit my website, it is jessicatai.com. And I'm on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Nutrition. So um, you can find me through any of those outlets, and um, that would be great. You can go to my website to get more information about coaching with me. I do health coaching and um, basically will coach you with your nutrition and lifestyle, um, help you make adjustments just to be this the best version of yourself that you can be. And I am currently in um, school for, I'm doing my classes right now for nutrition. Uh, to become a nutritional therapy practitioner. So I'm super excited about that. It's gonna give me a whole nother level to my nutritional coaching practice um, that I will be able to do with clients that is just gonna be amazing. So um, that has been great and that is through the Nutritional Therapy Association. Um, you can go online and get more information about them. So it's a, a really awesome program and I'm excited to be in that. So. Anyway, that's it. So I've got some great guests coming up for you guys in the next few weeks, some serious um, heavy hitters in the keto world that I know you guys are just going to be thrilled about when you um, see them coming up. So stay tuned for those. And it's not me. <laughs> but you are a heavy keto. You're, you're a heavy hitter in my keto world. <laughs> in, in the local area, yes. Uh, actually, no. <laughs> okay, your mom and your wife, you're a heavy hitter. Yeah, I got two fans out there, and Gabby really likes me. Uh, yeah, too, you're, so. you, one daughter does. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, guys, thank you so much for hanging in there and, um, and waiting for this very late podcast to be um, released while I tried to get at least most of my voice back. So um, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks so much. Bye. This episode of Keto Lifestyle is brought to you by the How Did He Know app. How Did He Know is a revolutionary app that delivers daily customized tips to help men become better husbands and partners and reap the rewards that come from happy, fulfilling relationships. For more information, visit their website at www.howdidhenow.com or download it from the App Store today for iTunes, or Android. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed what we share with you today and are looking forward to the next episode.